Hello, thanks for joining us today on the Faith Alive Christian Fellowship Podcast. May God bless, keep, and equip you with today's message. All right. Well, welcome to everyone joining us. Um, I'd like to, first I want to say, this is a word that's meant to strengthen and encourage and equip and uh, bring endurance, if I can put it that way. Um, it's, it's a topic that some don't like to go there, but once you have a real understanding of what happens there, you'll embrace it. So 2 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 1, I'll read through it and then we'll just summarize it. Um, in the 18th year of the reign of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, Joram, king of Ahab, became king. He wasn't as bad as his father. Um, and then in verse four, King Misha of Moab raised sheep. Every year he gave as a tribute to the king of Israel, 100,000 lambs and the wool from 100,000 sheep. Now, once um, Joram became the king, the king of Moab stopped doing it. He rebelled against the king of Israel. And he's, I'm not giving you those anymore. So the king who was um, supposed to receive that went to King Jehoshaphat. And he said, the king of Moab, verse seven, has rebelled against me. Will you join me in war against him? King Jehoshaphat said he would. I'm at your disposal. So are my men and my horses. What route should we take for the attack? And they decided to go the long way through the wilderness of Edom. So there were three kings that set out. And after marching for seven days, they ran out of water. There was none left. So they sought a true prophet and they came to Elisha. Elisha sought the Lord and the power of the Lord came on him. And he said, this is what the Lord says. Remember, they ran out of water. Dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. Another translation says, fill the valley with trenches. So we're gonna stop there. We will revisit this. You'll see the other half of the story after we go through a few things. So the wilderness, in the wilderness for the Christian, it can be a dry place. It can seem as a dry place or a desert place. There's some things that you may encounter in the wilderness as a Christian. This isn't everything. It's just a little bit. Once you're in the wilderness, you'll see very clearly what's in your heart. <laughs> some things might even take you by surprise. <laughs> See, when you're on the mountaintop, it's easy to love everybody on the mountaintop, isn't it? It's easy to think life is good when you're on the mountaintop. When everything goes your way, life is good. But what about when you go through the wilderness and things don't always go your way? The answers don't always come as fast as you would like. Situations end a little differently than you expected. 
the promises you've been standing on seem to take a little longer than we'd like. Those are the kinds of things we encounter in the wilderness. But don't lose heart. (laughs) It could seem as though God has forsaken you or he's against you. So we're gonna look at some promises in the word to counteract these feelings that we may have in the wilderness. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse five. It can feel like God has forsaken you or turned his back on you or turned a deaf ear to you. Here's what God says about that. We'll start in verse five. It's a little bit further down. Let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, here we go, hear this. I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? A promise we can stand on when everything looks contrary. See, even when we don't see it, he is working. And especially when we don't feel it, he's working. You may encounter some vain imaginations in the wilderness, some thoughts that don't line up with the word of God. And it could be a barrage of them. It may seem like an onslaught at times. Let's look and see what the word has to say about how to handle that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse three. We're going somewhere good with all this. We'll be rejoicing at the end of this message. It's true that we live in the world, but we don't fight from worldly motives. The weapons we use in our fight are not the world's weapons, but God's powerful weapons, which we use to destroy strongholds. We destroy false arguments. We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God. (laughs) We take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. That's our weaponry. And so don't be alarmed if you're dealing with some negative thoughts or some thoughts of defeat or failure or it's never gonna happen. Because our God says we can take those things captive and stand on what he has to say about the situation. We'll have an opportunity most of us, to murmur and complain. And we can see an example of that in uh, Exodus 15, 24. We're not going to turn there. This was Miriam and all the women had just three days before 
been rejoicing, shaking their tambourines and timbrels and the horse and rider he's thrown into the sea. What a mighty God. Great are you, Lord. Three days later, they'd gone 33 miles. They entered the wilderness of Marah, bitterness. <laughs> got a little bitter. They couldn't drink the water because it was bitter and they got bitter and started murmuring and complaining. You've brought us into this wilderness, Moses, so we can die. I don't think so. Let's think back three days ago. And that's what we need to do. We need to... Focus on the mighty things God has done back there because he'll do it again here and up there. <laughs> then a couple months down the road, not even two months down the road in Exodus 16, verses two to three, again, once again, they're murmuring and complaining because they didn't have any meat. Moses and Aaron, they started murmuring and complaining against them. You brought us out here to kill us with hunger. We want to go back to Egypt. What a foolish thing to want to do. Back into slavery. Give your head a shake. So focus on what God has done and what he's doing right now, whether you see it or not, and what he's going to do. The victories. Your faith will be tested. Let's look at James chapter one, verses two to four. This is in the Passion Translation. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you're facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. And we're gonna see how in a little bit. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. <laughs> so let the testing of your faith stir that up in you. That was an underwhelming amen. <laughs> let it stir up power within you <laughs> to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection or maturity into every part of your being until there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. See, if I was to ask, has anyone arrived? Any completely mature Christians in the room? Not a hand could go up, could it? So let's embrace this process. You quite possibly will receive correction in the wilderness. <laughs> Some have been there. There's a lot of heads going up and down. Thank God that he loves us enough to correct us and chastise and discipline us. Because you know what? Where we're at right now with what's to come, we can't handle it. We're not equipped yet to handle it. We can handle little bits. We've just, we've just scratched the surface, really. See, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. 
Amen. Oh, here's a good one. You'll have the opportunity to be offended and to blame others. A lot of wells in the wilderness get stopped up with stones. And if we're not careful, our wells can get stopped up with stones of offense. Be quick to forgive. This is my commandment that you love one another, that your joy may be full. It's not worth it. Too much to lose to get offended and stay in that. Don't camp in offense. Here's one thing that will happen that's awesome. Seeking God, if you wanna move on with God and live your life for him and see him glorified through your life, seeking God will become your priority. It will become so easy to let go of those distractions. You'll recognize things that have been robbing your time. It will become your priority. Hunger will increase. A desire to know him will increase. When you're sincere about living your life for him, there's so much more for us, so much good for us. So we need to embrace this process. We aren't to fear the wilderness or dread the wilderness. We need to embrace it, yield to the Holy Spirit. Blessed are the meek, the yielded, for they shall inherit the earth. Yield to the process. Your flesh will not like it, but your spirit man will leap for joy. Amen. Repent. <laughs> Be quick to repent. And believe me, he will show you things you cannot see at this moment. But when you go through the wilderness, you'll see some things and they might throw you off your rocker. Some uglies. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Does it sound like I've been there? <laughs> yeah. Didn't see that before, Lord, but thank you for showing me so I can get it out of my life. So I can give you permission to purge it out. And the very worst thing we could do in the wilderness is to give up and quit. We will not quit and we cannot fail. There's way too much to lose. The only thing worse than going through the wilderness with God is camping in it without him because it'll be a long time. The wilderness is not meant to be a long journey. When we're yielded, it does not have to be a long journey. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea. How long did it take them to get through that wilderness? 40 years. And there's different reports on this. I never studied it out. Some say it was an 11 day journey. Another place said 43, another one 67, but that's sure a lot less than 40 years, isn't it? 
So whatever that number is that it should have taken them, it was not meant to be a 40-year journey. And for us, it's not meant to be a long journey. That's up to us how long it's going to be. Really, it's up to our attitude, how we yield, how we surrender. Yeah, surrender all. (laughs) What have we got to lose? And so much to gain. The purpose of the wilderness. It's not meant to discourage us and weaken us and tire us out and make us want to quit. The world will tell us that. Down in the valley, the valley's so low. Hang your head over. Hear the wind blow. Such a low valley, the world says. That's not what God says. (laughs) The purpose for the wilderness, for a a Christian who's hungry to live for God, he trains us there. It's great training ground. That's where our character is developed and our faith is strengthened, whether it feels like it at the time or not. And these are just nuggets I've taken from different Um, teachings on it. It's a necessary place to visit on our way to a promised place, the wilderness. First, he humbles us, then he tests us. It's good for us to see what's in our heart, what's really in there. I'd rather be aware of it than live my life in ignorance and not pleasing him in all things. He does the humbling and the testing so we can know the true nature of our hearts. It's to purify and strengthen us. I believe it's Psalm 51, it says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. See, in the midst of this, we can have joy. And we're gonna look at that in a minute. And I think we've already covered, it reveals the motives of our hearts. Might take you by surprise as well. Some of the motives that we think are pure. We'll see any selfishness, I can guarantee that. Um, I like the the teaching uh, a silversmith spoke on once and he, he was a refiner of silver and somebody asked him, well, how do you know when you've completed the process of refining the silver? You know, the, the length of the fire, the temperature, all that. And he goes, when I can see my reflection. So when does the process stop for us? when he sees his reflection in me, in you. I want him to see his reflection when he looks at me. All right, so remember the instruction was dig ditches all over this dry stream bed. 
fill the valley with trenches. And that's what we need to do. We need to dig deep. And uh, the closest thing that I could come up, not come up with, that the Holy Spirit, I believe, revealed to me is that's in the seeking. We're digging when we're seeking. We're giving them something to fill in the seeking. (laughs) And he wants to fill us. He wants to give us more. Remember the the story, it's actually not too far from this um, in 2 Kings, the widow lady, her two sons and, and her husband was in debt to someone and he was coming to take her sons and sell them into slavery to pay the debt. Well, what was the instruction to her? Get all the vessels you can all the containers, gather them up, all you can. And he filled every single one of them. And then she sold the oil and her sons weren't taken. See, we need to go as deep as we can. We need to give them as much to fill as we can. And if there's other garbage in there, it needs to be purged out so he can fill it with more of him. It's one thing to seek the Lord for what he can give you or do for you. It's another to seek him for who he is. We need to seek his face, not his hands. And uh, I came across this um, that we're gonna look at. It was in an outline by Pastor Don in September of 2018. Still valid for today. (laughs) We seek his face when we study to do his will, when we pray to do his will, by repenting of wrong thinking and actions, seeking his face, not his hands. These are the first and primary steps to humbling ourselves. I'll say it again, when we study, to do his will, when we pray to do his will, by repenting of wrong thinking and actions. So simple. (laughs) Here's another truth we need to um, not forget if if and when we're going through the wilderness. Jeremiah chapter 29 starting in verse 11. Here's how God looks at you. I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call upon me and you will come and pray to me and I will hear and heed you. Then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity. And you'll find me when you search for me with all your heart, all our heart. We do need to reach the point where we we require him as a vital necessity. 
I can't live without you, Lord. I can't go through this life without you. I like it in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. It says, um, my people who are called by my name, when we humble ourselves and pray, where it says my people, my people as a congregated unit. Isn't that good? When my people, <laughs> hello congregation, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. Anybody think our land needs healing? A big amen on that. We've got the key. <laughs> and where it says turn from their wicked ways, one of the meanings for that word turn, dig. Isn't that cool? Dig, dig deeper. Psalm 63, verse one. It's a, it's a Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. He says, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you in a dry and weary land where no water is. Earnestly, we need to seek him. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if you aren't at that hunger and thirst part, ask them. <laughs> Lord, make me hungry for more of you. Give me a thirst for more of, the, of you and the things of your kingdom. We're meant to pass through the wilderness, not die in it. Not even camp out in it for too long. We're meant to pass through. In Psalm 84, starting at verse five, and this is the Passion Translation. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord. Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Even, even when, even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep <laughs> to find a pleasant pool where others only find only pain. See, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We're not meant to camp out in the valley of weeping. He gives to them a brook of blessing, a brook of blessing filled from the rain of an outpouring. Anybody believe in outpourings on the way? <laughs> they grow stronger and stronger with every step forward and the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. <laughs> grow stronger and stronger, how? every step forward. Don't camp out in self-pity or fear or discouragement. Keep stepping forward. Amen. 
in 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 12, from the Good News Bible. It says, My dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful test you are suffering, as though something unusual were happening to you. And it can seem that way at times. Another translation says, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal. It's like, what is going on here? So don't be surprised at that. As though something unusual were happening to you. Rather, be glad that you're, suff- you're sharing Christ's sufferings so that you may be full of joy when his glory is revealed. Happy are you if you're insulted because you are Christ's followers. This means that the glorious spirit, the spirit of God is resting on you. And so if you suffer, it shouldn't be because you're a murderer or a thief or because you're doing the wrong things, in other words. But if you suffer because you're a Christian, don't be ashamed of it. Thank God that you bear Christ's name. Thank God that your light is shining and the darkness around you is seeing it. (laughs) Not all of them like it, do they? Yet. Okay, we're back to 2 Kings chapter chapter 3, verse 16. They'd just been instructed to make the dry dry brook bed full of trenches or fill the valley with ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind or rain. And I wanna say, we don't always see it and we don't always feel it. Yet that ravine shall be filled with water. So you, your cattle and your beasts may drink. This is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. He also will deliver the Moabites into your hands. Found themselves in a dry place, cried out to God. He gave them instruction. They dug the ditches. We need to dig deep. Then in verse 20, I love this. In the morning, (laughs) when the sacrifice was offered, Behold, there came water by the way of Edom. Another translation says, suddenly the water came and the country was filled with water. (laughs) Suddenly. Who said suddenlies have been done away with? There's still suddenlies up ahead. In the midst of the valley, on the other side of the valley, before the valley, whatever, there's still suddenlies lying up ahead for God's people. Um, When I was in Panama um, and really other places, Florida, it's probably the same thing. When it rains, in the backyard where we were staying, there was like a concrete ditch and it was dry and empty. It went a long ways. We went shopping, had to wait in the mall because an outpour came like I've never seen before. Bouncing off the road, the rain, the rain came. 
that ditch behind the house, it became like a torrent of water. You wouldn't want little children near it. Very quickly, suddenly the outpouring came. Here's another, um, another thing that is good to do. Isaiah 43, starting at verse 18. But the Lord says, do not cling to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. In the midst of the wilderness, in the wilderness, do not let your thoughts take you back to when things didn't work out or when you blew it or um, we're to forget the things that lie behind and reach forward to what lies ahead. It's much better ahead for you than you've experienced back there. Verse 19, watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already. You can see it now. With eyes of faith, we can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. See, it's not meant to be, even though it's the wilderness, it's not meant to be dry for us. Amen. See, we got this well. <laughs> and if we've dug deep, we do the digging, he does the filling. And so then when we need that source of water, when it's a dry and thirsty land, with joy, we draw that water out of the wells of salvation, not with sorrow, not with regret, not with condemnation, with joy. It's available to all who have that well. <laughs> Some are getting it. <laughs> Weeping may endure for the night till we realize that source that we have. Then joy comes and we can activate it. What are we gonna focus on? The problems? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Look up. <laughs> Your redemption draweth nigh. Oh yeah, Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10. Then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing's prepared. For this day is holy unto the Lord our God. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. That's where our strength lies. Let's look at Philippians chapter four starting at verse four, amplified version. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord when it feels like it. 
Oh, did I get that wrong? Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourselves in him. Again, I say, rejoice. Let all men know and perceive and recognize your unselfishness, your considerateness, your forbearing spirit. The Lord is near. He is coming soon. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. That about covers it. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, which is definite requests or specific requests, we can be real specific. With thanksgiving, don't forget that part. Continue to make your wants known to God. What happens when we do that? Here's what happens. God's peace shall be yours. I'll read the amplified part slowly. (laughs) That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. That peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Thank God for that. That peace. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, his word is true. Whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever's kind and winsome and gracious. If there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on those. (laughs) Get your minds off your troubles, your problems. Fix your minds on him and the word and the truth in the word. There's a lot of things we can fix our minds on that are praiseworthy and good. See, when God looks at us, he sees mighty men and women of valor. He sees those who are destined to succeed and walk in victory in every area of their lives. Let's think on those things that line up with what God sees in us. Let's think on who he says we are. We're stronger than we think in him. When we're weak, he is strong. If we'll we'll trust him and walk with him, and keep believing. Isaiah 41, verse 17. 
You wanna hear some more? <laughs> Good, because there's a bit more yet. <laughs> the poor and needy are seeking water where there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them. He'll answer us in those dry times, in those seasons. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. He will never leave us or forsake us, ever. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. Only he can do that, but God. <laughs> He's got an oasis for you <laughs> if you'll keep walking, keep going forward. Don't camp out in self-pity and defeat and failure. Keep walking. Numbers 21 verse 16 says, and from thence they went to now. This is spelled like beer. B-E-E-R. It's not pronounced that way. It's beer. So don't go to beer. <laughs> go to beer. It means well. Go to beer. It's the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses. Gather the people together and I will give them water. He's got water for you at beer. You'll only find trouble at the well of beer. Then Israel sang this song, spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. We need to practice speaking to our well a little more and singing to our well. Spring up, O well, spring up. Spring up, you speak to your own well. <laughs> we need to speak to our own wells. It might help if someone speaks to yours for agreement purposes, but we can speak to our own well anytime, day or night, in the good times, in the bad times, in the valley, on the mountaintop. Spring up, oh well, it's in there. If we've done the digging, he's done the filling and that source is available. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Just a few more scriptures here. Fear not. You'll have the opportunity to fear too. There's nothing to fear, for I am with you. Don't look around you in terror and be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen and harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of rightness and justice. Behold, all they who are enraged and inflamed against you shall be put to shame and confounded. They who strive against you shall be as nothing and shall perish. 
And we know we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities, spirits of wickedness and not people. But sometimes people yield to those things. You shall seek those who contend with you, but you shall not find them. (sighs) They who war against you shall be as nothing, as nothing at all. I'm, I'm telling you, I stood on this word years ago. We had a neighbor. (laughs) not a very nice neighbor. She yielded to a a lot of dark things. And I stood on this word. What I'm going through right now shall become as nothing, as nothing at all. She moved. The trailer she lived in was moved. There wasn't a, she was gone. (laughs) The trouble was gone. There was peace in the land. For I, the Lord your God, hold your right hand. I am the Lord who says to you, fear not. I will help you. And then uh, let's go down to verse 18. I will open rivers on the bare heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. See, that's tapping into that joy. John 7, verse 37. Now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, As the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. (laughs) Are any thirsty in the house today? Come to him and drink. Out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And it's not only to water us, it's to water all that we come in contact with. The deeper the well, the greater the outflow. (laughs) There's some artesian wells (laughs) waiting to be released. The woman at the well, we'll close with this. Woman at the well, talking to Jesus. Lord, the well's deep and you have nothing to draw with. See, we can make this well as deep as we want and we do have something to draw with. With joy, we'll draw water out of the wells of our salvation. And now I feel like going dot, dot, dot to be continued on joy. (laughs) Hey, thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the online portion of this week's message, but we'd love to connect with you in person. Our services are held weekly at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings. 
upstairs at 3771 Broadway Avenue, Smithers, BC. If you're on the go and you'd like to participate in tithes and offerings, you can e-transfer them to facfsmithers at citywest.ca. Till next time, God bless and keep you from all of us here at Faith Alive Christian Fellowship.